That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy. Like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Andrea, I wasn't kidding when I said, will you play us a ukulele song? Oh, shit. All right. Brian's going to have to Ooh. play my mic. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got a new baby in Maui. Whoa. Um, I got a tenor ukulele. Um, I'm now the proud owner of three ukuleles, a concert, a tenor, and I have uh, a baritone as well. But this mm-hmm. baby has a um, mother of pearl inlay, so I'll just be like, oh. That's what. I'll, that's all I'm gonna do, you guys. I would wow you with other <laughs> songs, but that the tag, the tag because it's new, which I haven't removed, is that was actually getting in my way, and I was like, nope, this isn't gonna happen. Um, but yeah, I got a new ukulele in Maui, and I'm su- or on Maui, Fuck, on is that Maui. Yeah, yes. thank you. You're on the island. You're on Maui. Yeah, but I'm. But I was in heaven. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Andrea, fresh back from uh, being on Maui (laughs) and is now on hosting studios for Sidework Podcast. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Brooke Van Poplin. Guys, that's me, uh, Andrea Wallace. uh, Still on island time over here. That's amazing. And joining us today, first time ever. Mm-hmm. We've, we've wanted you for a minute. Um, but the very funny, very wonderful Scotty Landis, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Thank Scotty. you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I love Maui. I love ukulele music. Thank- this is a great start to a podcast. <laughs> it is. And is it... Um, are you? I mean, are you an asshole when you say ukulele, or is it just more correct? No, you can say ukulele. I think I was just like ukulele. Like I try and say it more like I'm saying ukulele as as opposed to being like ukulele. Like you know, like I don't want to be like full like Barcelona. You know, I'm not I'm not like quite there with it. Um, but I don't know. I'm just. I wish I was in the water right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, That's like all I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, podcasting is a close second. Um, yep. 100%. I agree. Um, well, I do have to mention too that that Scotty has his own podcast with Kurt Braunohler called Bananas, which yeah. we have a lot of crossover. Um, our listeners love everything on Exactly Right, so I'm sure oh, there, great. there are going to be a bunch who are uh, geeking out over this fucking collab. This like I love that branded content, I love that. mashup collab. We're doing. No, just kidding. We're <laughs> we're talking to you because you uh, waited tables for a long time, which we will get. I did. To. I know. Yep. So very excited. Um. I went to Ojai. I did nice. a road trip. Nice. Ojai is amazing. It's fucking, it's, it's the weird cross section of your like, it's so crunchy, farmer, mm-hmm. liberal, mm-hmm. idyllic, let's mm-hmm. have an anti-vax rally in the mm-hmm. middle of the street. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm in Ojai. Like they <laughs> believe in moon magic because they they're do. so yes. rich. You know, that when the moon magic fails them, they have personal doctors or they could be helicoptered out of the valley Mm. to get (laughs) real medical attention. But in the meantime, beautiful people in land hate masks, hate vaccines. And you're like, God, I got trapped in the middle of my first anti-vax fucking parade. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I. I just love watching the videos of them. I don't want to be in one. Oh, wow. Would you say that you were- Was it yoga culture? Yeah, yeah, it's yoga. It's yoga culture. Oh, yeah. 
Got it. Yeah. So you were like you were like trapped in a bubble, would you say, in the middle? I just like to see you like being like bounced around from people to people. Like you're in a mosh pit. You know what I mean? But it's like an actual anti-vax uh, rally. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was. I cre- stayed at a pretty cool place there not long ago. There is a little uh, area, and it's like eleven airstreams that are all decorated differently, Ooh. and they're really nice condition. And it's walking distance to town, and they have bikes and stuff. And uh, it was like a great weekend trip, dude. It's so I love Ohio. it's so great to just get on your bike. And I, you know what? Maybe a long time ago, did you possibly go with a big group with Jocelyn? I huge. did go with a okay. huge group. Yes, so a huge group. She, so she was telling me because we were texting because I was at this place called the Deer Lodge, and she's like, oh, yeah. she's like, go check if there's still the world's tallest urinal. Urinal. <laughs> she said that that's all you guys talked about for the entire night, and kept this go- is true. Kept going into the bathroom to laugh at the tall urinal in Ohio. It's uh, yeah, we went to brunch there. It was a New Year's Eve. <laughs> we went to New Year's Eve in Ohio, which is a good place to go. It's oh, sleepy, yeah. but there are bars, so there there's stuff to do. But um, we all met a bit an even larger group up there, and I went in to pee, and I'm pretty tall. I'm six three, <laughs> and so I was aiming up. I'll just put it. I was leaning back and aiming up at six three. And and I came back and everybody could see I had like a smirk on my face and it was it was uh, heavily I think it was two other guys and maybe like twelve women it was a big group mostly female and I was like I know y'all don't understand what a normal urinal height is supposed to be but the one in there is so tall I can't imagine anybody being able to reach it and then the women were going in one at a time and looking at it and cracking up because it was at their like chest height oh uh, that's fucking great um I think they've done a reno since then because she made me go look it's not. It's not Bummer. there anymore. Enough, I know, enough Yelp reviews. <laughs> yeah, that's about, right. I fucking, you know, splashed piss back onto my uh, my waist um, somehow. <laughs> so funny. True. True story. Very true. Um, um, and Scotty, the first time you and I really hung out and met each other was years ago when I first moved to LA. And we, Jocelyn, mm-hmm. again, through Jocelyn, mm-hmm. had given me mm-hmm. um, these tickets to like a pop-up. A pop-up, uh, was it Wolf Pack or Wolf? Do you I, remember? Abs- wolf it, it's either wolf down or yes i absolutely remember that it was great it was a dinner club yeah it was like a pop-up club. dinner club with like a course out meal and like i i think we made i don't know like you knew i think jawson was like scotty's going you'll meet him he's great and we sat across from each other and and, and we she, did and it was nice it was a great meal and that was years ago um yeah. and then i saw you what did i say i saw you the tg not that long ago in the, oh, which was I nice. love TG now. Mm-hmm. TG is the spot now. Um, Just, Roost is out. TG's in. That's what everybody you. says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've had it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not there go, for it. Not going to go into it again. But yeah, I'm so glad to hear it because I do feel like you all were kind of like the gang leaders of the roost and I was having yeah. like a one woman boycott of the roost for a very oh, long time. I was time. also, I was just like, I don't oh, get okay. this place. <laughs> but, but I, but I was a newbie. I was a rookie, you know, I know. so fuck I just, me, I, right? Like <laughs> I do what the locals it do. Was, for your listeners who've never been to the roost, <laughs> it's a, it looks like one of the great dive bars yes. you could ever go to. Mm-hmm. The, the aesthetic is incredible. Yep. It's, it is. It, it's cool inside. It says a uh, big TV, yeah, outside it, it says cocktails big tv parking and rear that's right and like it just looks cool the lighting's cool there are like roosters around and it does spread out nicely but it's cash only mm-hmm. and unless you're drinking like tall boys of pbr which are always on sale or whatever if you go if i were to buy you two a drink we all go get rail uh vodka sodas great at a dive bar that should be like 12 dollars, maybe 15 at the roost, that's twenty six dollars, and you're like, "Where is this going?" And so I think everybody just—I I got served there a few times where they didn't tell us it was two a.m., and so we just kept drinking, and then we walked outside and it was like four fifteen a.m. And I was like, and then the bill for two people was like two hundred and sixty dollars or something, and I was like, "No, I'm never, I'm out." Yeah, but they, they but, just, and then you can get pad thai at two a.m. Oh. Whatever you mean, it's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I, I've had it where I was pretty close to calling it ketchup noodles, but that's. <laughs> I've just had. I've had a rough go. I gave it a fair try, and when the mm-hmm. bouncer watched a man fight me and a group of women and did oh, nothing, yeah. I was like, yeah. "Never again, y'all. Y'all yeah. are scum." <laughs> so, anyways, bad. anyways, TG rules, TG rules forever. Rules. We we majorly oh. support their um their their bar group. You know the the. 
owners who kind of have the whole collective and there's like a big mm-hmm. New Orleans and Chicago crew and it's mm-hmm. it's just a really good crew. So yeah, I love that. Yes. It's um, the official so bar. Let's mention this, you know, since oh, we, we, do, we, we do love to talk about our lo-fi aperitifs on this podcast, which if you didn't know, Scotty, is this amazing aperitif line out of Napa that we talk about all the time. No. Our friend Victoria comes on and we make drink. We have, you know, drop-bys with lo-fi. And when I was in... Amazing. Uh, Wailea, which is on Maui, um, which is the south side of the island. We were at this great happy hour at this place called Pint and Cork. And my mom was like, I was like, oh, get this, get this drink. So we were like, they have awesome, delicious mixology program. And they have a drink called Piggyback Ride, um, which is Whistle Pig Piggyback Rye. And then Lo-Fi Amaro, ding, ding, ding. One of the ingredients mm. who knew it made its way all the way over to Maui um, with Hawaiian Falerium toasted coconut and then a bitters mist on top of it. It was delicious. Strong as hell. My mom had two of those and was like, I'm napping. Um, But like, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I I love when Sue gets drunk. Uh, I really do. Mommy. Mom drunk's a good drunk. Mom drunk's a good drunk. Mom drunk's a good drunk. Mommy picked up way too much wine at Costco outside the airport. But (laughs) (laughs) she was basically like, we have to chug all this wine. We had. uh, Fuck, uh, dude. yeah, like one of my friends there from who I know from Omaha lived on Maui forever was actually there the entire time I was there, which is kind of a bummer because I was like, you know, I'd never been. And so we were being adventurous. And I was like, I was kept making everybody get up at 5 a.m. to watch sunrises mm-hmm. and go well watching and like do mm-hmm. road to Hana. Beth lived there for 13 years and was visiting. So she kept being like, hey, come on. I have VIP status at this restaurant or this bar, but I, we're not going till eight or nine. And I'd be like, I'm fucking kaput. I can't wait to get up at 5 a.m. Like <laughs> I could have had like this week through the eyes of like being like, you know, behind the scenes a in local. the industry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, well, how you go be a tourist? I'm sorry. You like, really, you really beefed it, Andrea. I guess. I Maui <laughs> beefed it. Uh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I really a, did. Dude. But there, the couple times we did hang out and went to bars, we got hooked up everywhere we went. So like it was that, that part was very fun, you know? Nice. So fun. That's amazing. But that's amazing. We love Lo-Fi. They're our official official, uh, partner on the show. So we always Mm -hmm. talk about how great they are. And now I'm sort of like, if you see Lo-Fi out in the wild, shout it to us, guys, because it helps Victoria. She was like, we're in Maui? I didn't even know that. (laughs) So we're actually doing inventory and we're doing Victoria's job for her when we find Maui Mm -hmm. or when we find Lo-Fi in the wild. So... I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll drink it. It's fucking great, Scott. Like we, I can't wait. It's so good. You got to get the trio: the sweet vermouth, the dry vermouth, and the amaro, and you can make like a million beautiful drinks. It's so creative and done. Yeah, I love this. Well, wait, we were were talking about um, Andrea beefing it. Should we get into some some headlines? (laughs) Yeah, let's get into some headlines. Great segue. Yes. Well, this one, uh, Brian sent this a few weeks ago, and basically the the headline of this article is 40-person brawl at Golden Corral, fight breaks out over steak. So, now you have a podcast <laughs> about yeah. bonkers headlines. Um, we do, yeah. Have you, covered, have you covered this one? Did this one make No, but cut? I did get this one, and whenever a story like this breaks, I always think, who was counting how many people were fighting? Yeah. Like 40? <laughs> right. It's not like brawl breaks out. It was like there is one nerd that's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, there's seven. 40 people is a 40. lot. If you think about 40 people doing anything, that's a lot of people. It is. But it was like when you think about it, um, let's see. I don't know if it says what time of day it was, but clearly it was packed. You know, everyone was lining packed. up for Mm -hmm. their meal they were into Mm -hmm. it this is by the way in pennsylvania in a town that i didn't exactly know how to say it ben salem or ben salem townships Uh i don't know but uh basically the argument started over a shortage of steak at the buffet okay Uh, yes yes that's the good stuff right there Yeah, no one's coming for the cottage cheese. No, that's right. Not going to be a fight over cottage cheese. That's for sure. Oh, hell no. And there's there's a good chance someone was like bogeying like too much steak from the get. You know, someone walked Mm -hmm. over with Meat Mountain and everyone's like, hey, dude, Mm -hmm. it's golden. Correct. You know, anyways, um, we're talking tables flipped. Those giant wooden high chairs for children being like smashed over the head. This was like roadhouse style brawl. People, incredible it it was incredible over fucking steak but then 
a rumor comes back that like, no, 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 it was actually over the fact that someone thought a different customer cut in line, but it was because they had rare steak versus you have to wait longer for your well done. That was the rules. So someone got to go first and that was perceived as cutting, which we all know results in brawls. Right. Worth going to jail for. Worth going to jail for. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I don't know this area at all, but it is. I looked it up. It's outside of Philly a little bit. Like it's between okay. Philly and like Trenton, oh, which is like this Jersey. makes all okay. like, yeah, Oh yeah. my so god! It's like that in between, um, over there. But yeah, this, this is, is like a lot. The, this the is Grundle, yes. the Grundle of America between Trenton, <laughs> New Jersey, and fucking Philly. Oh my god! Yes. I mean, this is giving me like you know the end of Blazing Saddles when there's like that big food fight in the commissary. Like that's what it's like making me think of, or like you know like an Animal House situation. But like I don't think it was because everybody was fighting each other. But for that I kind mean, of yeah. energy, where people like everybody in the restaurant so fucking on edge that all it takes is like one person to cut in line for everything just to like fall like dominoes. It's pretty amazing. This, this is the new symptom of COVID. It what is. we're talking about now, this is a symptom of that virus because everybody it's, I, I think maybe before we started recording, we were talking about this, like we're all waiting to have these experiences Golden Corral. It's like maybe for half those, maybe for 20 of those fighters, it was their first time out of the house. Yeah. Maybe they had been diligent for two years and they were like, I'm going, I'm getting a signature steak, <laughs> medium rare. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then one asshole cuts and then suddenly meat fight. Meat fight. Meat fight. Now, here's, here's, here's the thing is like, I would think a meat fight is hilarious. I yep. wish I could be in a classic food fight, but when it's just mm-hmm. a brutal brawl, that sucks. Like, come on, everyone. You ha- yeah, like you had throw s- your food. You had so much at your disposal. You know? Yes. Oh, would have been so great Dude, for that. And as a server who's already getting like golden corral buffet style tips to begin with, can you <laughs> imagine? So true. But then so but then true. yeah, another fight sort of broke out once this story broke um on Twitter where the the people defending or blasting Golden Corral saying, mm-hmm. I promise Golden Corral ain't good enough to be fighting over. Which, That's right. Well, but then that brought Roy Wood Jr. out oh. of the mm-hmm. out of the out of the you know out of the woods to say Roy Wood Jr. Who yeah. I love he's so fucking funny, but he, he was a former Golden Corral employee nice. who very fiercely stood up for wow. the establishment and the stake. He's like, I mean, I'm not sure if it's two years probation aggravated assault with a kid's high chair good, mm-hmm. but he did say it is a competitive mid-major that no one respects because they're in a weak conference with um basically old country buffet and cracker barrel. So Golden Corral slip they slip through the cracks. Mm. See, I think it'd more be like a sizzler versus Golden Corral. <laughs> like that yeah. those should butt heads more, I would imagine. Because country like like Cracker Barrel is its country kitchen is its own fucking thing. But it's not like, a I'm not comparing like, them to yeah, yeah. You're right. I I digress. <laughs> you're you're right. Okay. But anyways, um pretty amazing. Uh yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean and good for Roy. Good for good Roy. For Roy. <laughs> Put a pick. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, do you want to yeah. talk to us on our podcast? How do we get through to you? I yeah. think I featured for him at Zany's in 2006. Maybe he remembers All right. me. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, a lot of those places, my uncle works for Cisco, the food oh, we, company that delivers food. Right. And I, another uncle was asking him, he's like, well, like Outback has better steaks than, you know, uh, Golden Corral. And he's like, no. No. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, how about Ruth Chris? He's like, yeah, we do them too. Yep. And he's like, well, what's the difference? He's like, no, there's no difference. It's just <laughs> the price and the presentation. He's like, but we're all getting. And I was driving through LA and I saw one backing a truck, a Cisco truck backing up to the Soho house. I was like, yeah. Oh, there we go. It's all the same. Oh, it's just we all think it's it's the illusion of things being better. So maybe Golden Corral kicks some serious ass. I don't know. And this is this is food for thought, like truly, that you're like, if the steak's good, the steak's good, people. No shame yeah. in that. Nope. No shame in that. Now, I don't know how you feel. This next, it, this is like, it's not a headline, right? But it's an article that's gotten a lot of people... Uh, deciding like here's something we also need to fight about but it's oh, ba- it's basically in the time of covid people griping about still <laughs> needing to use the qr code and worried that it's going to stay versus oh. a large group of people who are being whiny babies and want menus back 
And we've talked about all the pros and cons of this. And I kind of came out reading this being like, I do miss a menu. I, mm. I love I, a menu. I love a menu. I totally we understand. About, like, yeah, we talked about the layout of menus on the right. show in the past and like why things yes. are placed in certain areas mm-hmm. and there's a method to it. But yeah. I And it's so, and it's like, bah, and it's like the environmental version of it is like, okay, great. Like you're saving paper. Great. I, it's like, it's not that much paper at the end of we the day. We got paper, yeah. I don't, I don't know how you're how you're feeling about it, but I, I do kind of hearken for the day of just lingering over a menu, mm-hmm. just feeling like a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the experience of it. It is the tactical. It's the tactical part, right? You guys, it's like vinyl Tactile? Versus, yeah. versus, uh-huh. versus digital, right? Uh, yeah, analog versus digital for sure. Um, now, not to keep fucking talking about my Hawaii trip, but I did just okay. go to Hawaii with my, my, my mother and Brian's mother, and there were QR codes all over that island, you know? And, and a lot of confused and angry mothers. And we mothers. had to be like, no, you hover over it, and then you hit the, like, there was a lot of, like, holding hands hands with it which was hilarious and like yes and great but then like my mom specifically was like i don't know why my phone will never do it like she just but then there were other places that had paper menus that were great but that part is hilarious like because there is a generational gap that this is infringing upon right this, like this, mm-hmm. this is very much like asking my parents to use chopsticks you just don't do that yeah. to a boomer yeah. like you just don't fucking do it get the chopsticks and the qr codes away from them it makes them angry um and then the whole dinner once you get mark van poplin all with his panties all in a bunch he will take mm-hmm. the rest of the night down you know and so <laughs> this is a known thing um about him yeah but i i remember doing one of one of the things i liked doing in restaurants i'd work was before when you were setting up was windexing the menus and wiping them down yeah yeah. but there was definitely half the servers would do it and half they would just like you know not they would set up the tables or do whatever but so i get it from that point of view it's like we would wipe them down at the beginning of the night and then i don't know how many 300 people would touch like a certain number of menus over the week. So I get that it's grosser to touch menus. But I also think sometimes you don't know what you want. And in America, we have so many menus that have photos on them. And when you sit down at a place and you see a picture of food and you're like, I just, I want this. It feels fantastic. Mm -hmm. So a QR code doesn't quite bring that home. It doesn't fully do it, you know? And like, could you even imagine opening the Cheesecake Factory menu on a QR code? How (laughs) are you? Yeah, your phone just goes like like a (laughs) out of data storage. Like storage full. (laughs) Oh boy, Um, oh boy. I mean, I think QR codes are just what's in like what we've kept seeing like through the last two years of like covering the service industry during a pandemic is like things that we all hated, we start to love and normalize, and then it goes back to the way it was, and then we get angry, but then we're all quietly like, oh, okay, I guess I'm glad. I just don't have a lot of control in my life right now, so I'm super angry about a menu, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was yeah. even like a place like and you go, you go places and people like because they're dipshits and you know people like the same type of people who tear up coasters on tables and will oh boy. bunch things up. We're also probably uh-huh. picking and peeling the tape off the corners of the QR codes, right? So then you have so then you're at a place where like the QR code's just gone because some dipshit with OCD has just been like picking them off the table like the entire. How dare you? You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I will say one argument for the QR codes is. I I like on the ones and I know Black Cat has it, but it's the you order everything on the phone. So it's just food runners, yeah, no servers. Right. And then you can pay and go. I do love I do you can like Irish that. goodbye restaurants. Yes. You can just go see ya. Agreed. I paid, I tipped, I'm gone. I love that part. So if we could somehow combine the real menu with being able to pay like on the fly, maybe the QR is just the bill. I maybe agree. we figure that system out. There's I'm, there's I'm with you. There's a happy medium. Right. There's a happy Gotta medium be. there. And, but I, you know what? I will stand. I stand. I'm a young kid. I can say that. You stand. I, I stand for QR codes for karaoke lists. Whoa. Now, yeah. there we go. That's what, to me. that's what Julian and I are doing. And you don't have to fucking feel the pressure of picking a song you don't want to do because everyone's like, you're hogging the book, Brooke. And, you know, and it's uh, like, yeah. 
totally. Ooh. Tom's just, got Tom has QR codes Tom too, does it right? Too. At the Fable. Yeah, mm-hmm. when I was mm-hmm. when I was hosting for Hi Ho, uh, those QR codes for karaoke. Now that's fucking progress. Good idea. It's so good. Um. Anyways, those were those were our topical headlines for the day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wonder if they even did that in most states, though. I wonder if QR codes, like, I'm trying to think when I was, I drove cross country in 2020 just to see some of the national parks and get out of LA for a little bit. And I can't remember if I saw QR codes well, anywhere else. I mean, we all hmm. know that there are huge swaths of, swaths of the country where the pandemic didn't happen as yeah, far as they were changed. concerned. So, you know, but for in any place that was compliant and trying to look out for their staff mm-hmm. even though this mm-hmm. does in my mind fall under what i call a little bit of the covid theater like the over cleaning the if, oh, yeah. if you touch a menu you might get covid and you're like oh yeah. god but you know mm-hmm. anyways yeah it's interesting <laughs> it is life's, interesting. life's weird and actually and like since we recorded last like world war three is <laughs> happens so you know yeah, yeah. I was in fucking, being listen being in fucking paradise when world war three breaks out you're just kind of like um let's go swimming i don't know it's weird like yeah <laughs> yeah i was like i was like i'm just here actually we were at we went to a luau when we were there and there was a part where like there the host was like everybody like stand up and shout where you're from and somebody oh, some guy stand up and said he was from the ukraine and like a bunch of us brian and i like got up and clapped it was like a sure. it, was a, it was a moment like it was it was actually really lovely but and then we all got like drunk and watched like ancient amazing uh things that were performed for you know people like us to pay a lot of money for i don't know blue owls are weird uh <laughs> yeah but I, I i tip the shit out of the staff so that's all you can do right yeah great that's all um, that matters but yeah yes, but yeah but let's uh let's please hop into some server submitted stories stories <laughs> Three of them today. Here we I know. go. We First each get one story. Okay, episode one sixty four. The story about open table totally shitting the bed. Uh, pencil and paper experience will save you. Also on busy days, Thursday through Friday, I turn off the online option at the beginning of the day and screenshot everything. Great tip. I've been Great there. Tip. Absolutely a nightmare. I use Resi, but on busy nights, the internet will. Fuck you, potentially. Always prepare for the worst. This is great feedback from us talking about a story that came in, Scotty, about how Open Table went down and like fucked everything. And like basically, oh, like, wow. they had to go old school and like lay out like a menu, like a floor plan. And anyway, I know, um, I know there are some restaurants that didn't make it out of that Friday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, for a fact. Jobs um, are lost. Absolutely. So go, okay. going on, she says, obviously, you can't plot tables after, uh, you can't plot tables after that. But if you don't have any income, Rezos, everything else you already have just becomes high state games of Tetris. I can't imagine. Have me on for hosting. Uh, I would love that. I love you guys so much. I manage now, but I'm basically the highest paid host in all of Philly. It's a whirlwind. Congratulations. Yeah, that's from Tara. Thanks, Tara. This is great. And it is crazy. Again, like this is, you know, coming out talking about QR codes and more of digital age stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't fucking imagine for you to have like the phone ringing and then all of a sudden Rezo's coming in like also on Resi or Open Table at the same time. Like, yeah, like it's just which gets all over precedence. You know, I'm sure you just have to make a choice as the host. Like if it came in online versus calling. Fuck. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's a whole. You know what? And I think it's really worth Um, I told Tara, I'm like, we'll, t- we'll take you up on this. We'd love to have you as a guest to talk about. Yeah. Um, you know, running running the board when you use Resi or Open yeah. Table because like we're really old school. And when we did a episode about hosting, it was more about like what you were saying, like wiping down the the seat mm-hmm. map that had the fucking erasable marker shit. Mm-hmm. It's a whole new world now, and I would yeah. crash and burn if I had to do it. So there's there's a really updated skill set happening. Um, it'd yeah. be, be sick to talk to her about that. I wish more places had maitre d's, you know, the maitre d is like, like the places that do still have them here. Like Dan Tana's has an older guy that's been there forever who feels Mm -hmm. very coked up and he's like always (laughs) in sort of like a black tie quasi tuxedo and you can have reservations and he'll like famous people will come in and he charms them. And I heard that Richard Simmons was the best maitre d in Los Angeles and that the aerobics that he did came from his relationship with all these customers that would come to the restaurants and just loved Richard Simmons. Wow. You can imagine him being the greatest maitre d'. Like, 
that positivity, that mm-hmm. energy level. Mm-hmm. But that's I I'm, I would say I'm 95 percent sure that he was a great maitre d' and oh, then yeah. slowly worked his way into aerobics in the 80s. Oh man, I love that story. The, so the old, much. the old classic pivot. Yep, Mater yeah. T to aerobic yeah. instructor. <laughs> Amazing. Oh boy. Yeah, but uh, right on. Um, Tara, we'll talk to you. Let's let's do an episode soon. Scotty, you're so kind yeah. to agree to uh, read a submission. Very happy. Yay! Very happy. Well, take it Here away. We go. Okay. Hey, all. That's us, guys. That That's is. Us. Uh, I'm a listener from the My Favorite uh, Murder Georgia shout out, but I also binge listen to that show, so I'm 100% late to this party, but cheers, bitches. Her <laughs> words are his words, not mine, or their words. <laughs> Although I have never had the honor of working in a full-service restaurant, I have spent nearly six years working with a QSR or quick-service restaurant while simultaneously also working as a national trainer. Uh, where I got to help with new store openings nationwide. For those who don't know, a QSR is not quite McDonald's, but it's not your typical sit-down place. Think Panera. Okay, I'm thinking Panera. I'm thinking. <laughs> or I'm over here, I'm thinking Panera. <laughs> Chick-fil-A, but you know, with burgers. I started in the industry and worked full-time in high school and college, and I was running a restaurant and training GMs by the time I was 21. This is a go-getter. Seriously. This is a true go-getter. And boy... Do I have some stories to share? Also want to highlight the ageism of the industry, exclamation point. Kids are always willing to learn, but adults trying to learn from someone half their age uh, are the biggest pains in the ass and always bring me the greatest pleasure when it's time to let them go. (laughs) Savage. You're fired. You're fired, Boomer. You're fired, Boomer. Yes. That's so funny. For good reasons, of course. Wink face emoji. <laughs> I primarily with uh, I work primarily with teens in any given shift because the industry is run by them. During peak COVID, a man storms in during a midday uh, manager meeting and screams at our front line of teenagers, quote, you fucked up my order. I wanted no onion and quote to which my response uh, to that sprint from the dining room. Oh, to which my response is to sprint from the dining room to control this man. I asked him what he would like on his burger because I will gladly remake it. And he responds, quote, that kid's fucking head. And quote, this is because of onions, by the way. Onions. Just if anybody missed that. Mm-hmm. COVID. COVID's got yeah, us. Yeah, everybody's cranked Oof. up to 11 because of Coco. Uh, here's where I got my glory moment and finally got to talk back. In my most offensive dad manager voice, I sternly replied, that is a child. I will bring your burger out to your car if and only if you apologize and walk out before I have you removed for threatening children. Wow. Wow. Pretty good. Very good. I quickly made this asshole's burger and took it out to his car. He was very apologetic once I pointed out that uh, that when he came running into our establishment to harass the teens, he left his own two kids unattended in a running car, both of which were still in car seats. Not good. <laughs> You're going to cook those little onions. You got to be careful. <laughs> I pulled out my phone, called 911, and gave them the plate. Uh, I'm assuming the license plate as he was pulling away, <laughs> telling them which way he was going. Petty, but fuck that guy. Wow. I know. She went in on him. Oh, no, it's Aaron. Excuse me. He went in on him. Uh, I returned to the meeting after checking on the kid that got yelled at, shared what happened with the group, and the owner says, I would have yelled even louder, so great job. To this day, I still love my job and will for sure be a lifer in the industry because I love what I do, the lives I can impact, and because I'm starting the ownership process in a year. Pretty cool. It's amazing. Uh, it's a great industry when you when you have to be involved uh, with caring owners and managers that don't hate you. Goodbye, good luck, get laid, get fucked, Godspeed, and good tips. Aaron, A-A-R-O-N-R. Thank you, Aaron R. <laughs> Do you think Aaron says that at the end of every national training like meeting? That's his sign-off. Goodbye. Good luck, get laid, get, laid, get, get fucked. fucked, Godspeed and good tips. Yeah. Very good. The Godspeed and good tips is us, to be that fair. That I'm, yeah. I'm, right. I'm um, imagining, like, after you pick up your Panera order, he's like, you know, Godspeed, good luck, get laid, get fucked. Enjoy your soup and a bread bowl. Good for I love you, it. Aaron. Loves the job. Loves the job. Loves the industry. It's great. This is a perspective we haven't had before either. It's been a minute. Yeah, the quick service. We've never spoken uh, with anyone who's done like a Panera job. So 
again, maybe Aaron is our person. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to the point where it's time to just start having our listeners on the show because what they do is eight million times more interesting than our retired from the service industry asses, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we get to be like, we don't, you know, our guest could be like, I don't do it anymore. But what I did, and we all laugh, and when nobody, yeah, no one's like in the shit currently. Some people are, but Some for the people most part, are. no. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, we've got one more. Uh, this is from our friend Jarrett, who uh, writes in uh, pretty much on the regs. He's our course. He, we've got some correspondence. There we go. Here we go. Yeah. But hey, Brooke, Andrea, Brian, hope you are doing well. Me right now, not feeling the best, but that's life. Mm-hmm. Hope you feel better, Jarrett. Seriously, mm-hmm. wishing Same. the healing. Good vibes. Uh, anyways, he <laughs> says, I'm here to brag about the bar that I work at. Today's like a really positive, good server submitted stories. Okay, so for almost 10 years, I've been in association with Joystick Game Bar in Atlanta, Georgia. This is the place where I told you about kicking out that guy with the blue mohawk. Mm. Um, He's also like a bouncer everywhere and yeah, all over the city. Cool. He's like Atlanta's most notorious bouncer. Uh, And we did ask if he had ever picked up um, a rowdy bar patron by the back of the shirt and pants and did like the take, taking out the, <laughs> taking out the trash heap ho and he's like yes scram you yeah. yeah and this guy had a blue mohawk so well over the years I've gained friends with the staff um, so much so that there was one night where I brought a bunch of uh, I brought a bunch of my friends you could never get in but basically he knew everyone at the bar they skipped the line got in that's just one mm. example of his privileges mm. of being friends with everyone at Joystick so. He's worked there before part-time as the backup mean rock band karaoke DJ. And then he also hosted movie showcases called Film Clash Live, where they gave honest feedback to filmmakers' first run of their short films. Oh, that's really fucking cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So to say that Joystick has been an important part of my life is an understatement. So last year, Jarrett began working for them permanently as their door guy, and it's been amazing. Says when I started, only three people from the time before COVID were still there, and they were all probably in new and acquired positions, um, as we have seen happen. So he's going on to say, shout out to Jacob, the GM, and a fan of your pod because of my episodes, uh, meaning Jarrett's episodes, and for being one of the best GMs I have ever worked for. Jacob has gone above and beyond for all of us that work there because of him working closely. Very nice. I, I know, right? Because of him working closely with the owners, he has secured something I've never heard of anyone doing in any other independently owned small restaurant or bar anywhere. Because of Jacob and the money to help during the pandemic, they all made a decision that will benefit all employees from this point on. As of January this year, every employee at Joystick and the sister bar Georgia Beer Garden will be paid a livable wage, which is... Fucking wow. Amazing. Without going, Huge. I know, right? Without going into detail, the longer you work there, the more money you make per hour. And it's just such a relief. Not only that, everyone has an opportunity to open up a simple IRA with a matching percentage Fuck of yeah. up to 3%. I know. Huge. That's incredible. So it says, uh, I've never heard of restaurant of a re- another restaurant doing such a thing. I work for good people and I had to brag about it. Also, yesterday, the owners came clutch for me. I'm forever grateful to them for their immediate help in my situation. So if you all ever find yourself on this side of the country in the next couple of years, please let me know. I will introduce you to these amazing people again. Sounds so good. Right? Someone that, like, we would like to talk to them on the podcast, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then we will visit. Hell yeah. Uh, hope this I finds you to. well. Godspeed and good tips, Jarrett. Wow, that's I the way love you do these it. Stories, I love stories like this so much. I mean, just having like simple IRAs with matching up to three percent is incredible. Also, anybody out there listening who doesn't have an IRA, whether it's Roth or regular, it's so simple to start. You guys, if you don't have a savings plan, like it's just one thing. I wish I would have started like twenty years ago, and you can yes. take like one day, like one day's worth of tips. Sometimes maybe two, and like just throw it at it every month, and like just watch it grow. Yeah. You know, it's it. This is amazing. Such I'm going. Up. These sound like fun places. Joystick, Joystick and the Georgia Beer Garden. Those mm-hmm. sound right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Next time in Atlanta, I'm going to both. Fuck yeah, dude. Look for Jarrett. At, he what, he's like <laughs> six foot three. Uh, he was a very large man. Um, oh, good. <laughs> so you'll, you'll notice good. him. Can't wait. But uh, yeah, I know the thing is like we're just like desperate to. I know that you guys have started touring a little bit. And yeah, we have. Our hope and dream is is to do the same and to go to places where. The cool thing is, we're like, well, we know this guy's like the mayor of Joystick yeah. and could help us have a show there. If uh-huh. for nothing else, do a bar show. 
We, we're not. That th- would be great. We're not theater size. We know. We know our place. We're bar size. <laughs> bar yeah, size. but those are more fun shows. Fun I show. always am insisting on. So I want to keep doing or keep doing. I want to start doing shows at the Echo because I was like, how many people can we get in there? They're like, maximum's like two hundred. I'm like, oh, great, that awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's such like a perfect crowd. That's that's. Get them rowdy, get them drunk, have fun, laugh a lot. That's what everybody wants to do these days. Fuck it's yeah. True. It's true. I'm into it. Um, well, guys, mm-hmm. we always are taking your server-submitted stories. So as, you know, we need them. Always need them. Send them your way. Uh, send them our way to sideworkpod at gmail.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And now... We laser focus on you, Scotty. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, yes. You've been you've been a very ample co-host, and but now Thank it's just you. it's just our turn to really talk about grind some, me, grind, grind you. me to dust, ship, we're gonna ship toward you. Yeah, yeah. Fine yeah. with me. Right, you raw it. baby. Um, well, let's start. We'd like to ask about your history, specifically in the service industry. That's where we start. So when I was 19, I lived at Pensacola Beach, and I lied to get my first job at a big beachfront bar called Bushwhackers, <laughs> and it was Hawaiian shirts and black shorts, and uh, it was like, you know, a big tourist trap, and then upstairs, there was fine dining called Jubilee, so I actually got fine dining training, but then was serving Rasta pasta and Jamaican <laughs> me crazy burgers, and uh, it was great, but it was the... I got trained really well, and it was a place that served so many cocktails that I actually learned how to bartend to. Um, they had their own signature drink called a Bushwhacker. It was great, but I basically learned the whole bar, and we used uh, we used micro systems, so it was like you know slightly cutting edge at the time. And then I lived in Atlanta and waited brunch mostly at a New Orleans themed place called Huey's that was on Peach Street. It's no longer there, but that was great. And people would come after church, like the Southern Baptist crowd would come in. And we had beignets in Atlanta. So everybody would go apeshit oh, for beignets. God. Yum. Um, Fucking yum. And then in Brooklyn, I worked at both a place called Two Boots, the one that was a restaurant <laughs> in Park Slope. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah. And I worked at the River Cafe, but mostly as a valet or a wedding waiter. So. I waited tables from 19 to 27 when I got my first wow. TV job. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I know. I was I was like, yeah, you're you're the you're for sure the real deal. 8 years in, a huge yeah. huge swath of your 20s. Loved it. Are you kidding me? We t- I mean, that's like we praise the industry. You know, obviously we talk about all of the insanity of it and how it's yes. incredibly dysfunctional, but why we are a captor to it. Um, and the abusiveness of it, but like it's it allows you to just bop around from whatever mm-hmm. city you want to live in. You take that life skill and you're like, I'll figure out how to get rent and get a job. Yep. And now I've hopefully got a built in group of social uh, like social life happening with the friends and coworkers. Yeah, it's amazing. It is, yes, that you said it perfectly. And it's like if you're really good and some places don't make you do like the two or three training follow shifts, like if you really know what you're doing, they kind of only make you do it one night. That second night where you take home $100 or whatever you make, it's the greatest feeling in the world to be like, okay, now I'm digging myself out of the red totally. in a new city. Absolutely. And a lot of my lifelong friends were people from Pensacola, from uh, actually nobody from Atlanta, uh, nobody from Huey's I stayed friends with, and then in Brooklyn, so many people. Oh, yeah. And I love like the 19 to 27 range, too, because that's, that's so formative at, mm. at, of an age. Like your, your, act, your brain's not even fully formed. Like you went yes. like from not having a fully formed brain to full fledged adulting, you know, like during yes. that that range, which is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> it was good, and being in different cities, and it's all that little stuff too. Like the one good thing about living different places and waiting tables different places, it's like you get used to the locals and what they eat, yeah. so you do learn different cuisines, you learn different everything, so different spices, different flavors, and it's like 
weirdly that has paid off later in life where now if I can go to a decent restaurant, I, I can't like people will be like, what is room a lot? And I'm like, oh, I know what that is. I used to have to make uh, monkey bowls for or monkey dishes for everybody and like serve them by the hundreds. And you're like, oh, OK, um, it's just cool. Like, I, I don't regret any of it. And sometimes when I'm at a restaurant, I'm like, it would be fun to pick up like two shifts a week. Oh, yeah. We dream about <laughs> stuff like that. So our friend um, Tom, who owns the Fable in Eagle Rock, if you've ever been and has been in the uh-huh, industry yeah. forever, has uh, she's chatting a little bit here and there. And I don't want to jinx anything, but he's like been discussing leasing the Eagle Rock bowling alley, which is kind of like just been sitting it's there cool. like dormant forever. And I was just like, fuck, if you get it, can you imagine? I was he was I was like, I just want to come bartend like once a week he's like and he was like he was like i might only hire retirees to come in and only we were joking about it veterans (laughs) we'll call it we'll call it'll be like a service industry veterans bar and bowling alley yeah it would work (laughs) everybody would would just be so happy to be there to be like i just hi i'm just moonlighting one or once a month i don't know i think we could make it work and it'd be incredible but like (laughs) it would work we'll call it out of retirement and but what's so dude andrea we all have to keep talking scotty you'll be top of the list but like (laughs) Like, the fact is, like, come see if I've still got it. Come do a night with Scotty. You know, like, Scotty's yeah. pulling the taps. Everybody pulling the come. sticks. Yeah. You know, and it is a really fucking great gimmick, even though I'm sure actual established bartenders would be like, fuck, fuck you guys. Kind of. <laughs> Whatever. It's our gimmick. It's our thing. But um, I know just the pressure of knowing that it isn't the only means to make money means that you will bring just a lot of joy and fun yeah. to it, you know? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure, did you ever have a job where you experienced burnout and you felt like you couldn't be your best self doing it waiting tables? Um, Brunch, brunch was tough for me Dude. because people... The sheer number of beverages a table of four can order at brunch, oh, especially yes. if there's kids Mind involved. Mind-boggling. It is. It's like... And it's the same here when it's adults. Uh, it's like everybody wants water instantly and then either a Bloody Mary or a mimosa or both or and wants coffee yep. or a coffee drink. Yep. So if you have four people, it's like 16 beverages before you even take their order. And then if you have four tables, it gets exponentially six tables. <laughs> and so and at Huey's between everything like i i can remember like i said it was really the post church crowd so it was like really sleepy until like 11 a.m and then we just get hit with families and like moms would complain that the chocolate milk wasn't dark enough and then we're making that in the back so you're like squeezing hershey syrup in and like long spooning it and then so in the middle like you're right on the verge of being in the weeds and then you have to go back and add more chocolate syrup to a chocolate milk and those are the times where you're like it's really hard not to snap. And another time, this these kids came out, and the mom was like, he'll have an orange juice, and he'll have an apple juice, and we want these two things for the kids right away, which is also great. Order for the sure. kids first, so it shuts them up, and you give them a phone, and life's great. And I'm like waiting tables, and I just hear a sound. I turn around, and the kid with the orange juice just threw up. And so I walked over, and I was like, hey, is he okay? And like I had rags or whatever. And she was like, yeah, orange juice makes his stomach upset. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay." And she's like, we just get some milk then. I'm like, yeah, sure. But it's like, if you know this. And and also we had to like bust our own tables while we were serving. So I'm like cleaning up barfed OJ uh, to somebody that knew was coming. So, yes, I've gotten burnt out at brunch, I would say. I I think everybody does. You know, we talk a lot on this show about that, like everybody in life should have to work brunch. Like, like everybody, like just to get gain that perspective. And yeah, it's a lot. Not, not also like, I just can't stop thinking about this kid who threw up orange juice and it's like, just have some milk now. That'll make you feel better. Don't, don't get that. It hurts his stomach. It upsets his stomach. I'm like, great. This is awesome. Um, but also people don't tip as well at brunch. Traditionally, they tip more like the 10%, 15% range. Mm -hmm. Cause I guess it's just like, Oh, just eggs. But the, uh, there was a guy at, at Huey's that we, there was a separate window for the beignets because the beignets were so popular and you could get three, six or nine. And then because it was a South, you could get like chocolate syrup, caramel, strawberry syrup, like all these extra things to dip them in. And again, you know, the servers have to do almost all that. But the, the man's name was Alvi, A-L-V-I-S. And he was probably in his early 70s. And he was about five feet, maybe he was 4'11". He was very small. And he wore um, Goodwill like uh, NASCAR shirts or like Big Johnson type of shirts and NASCAR Sick. hats. Yeah. 
and he didn't really speak English, but he was very, he was excellent at what he did and we all loved him. But at the end of every brunch shift, <laughs> Alvy would be shaking so much powdered sugar that he would just look like this little snowman standing back there. <laughs> like he would just wipe it from his eyes. So you'd just see his cute little eyes, his like dumb NASCAR hat. And you'd be like, Alvy, I need three more of these. And he'd be like, see, see. And he'd put them up there. And it was just like this little snowman, just like, like trying to keep up and deep frying. And I, I miss that little guy. I, I gave him a ride home once and I cracked the windows in my little crappy uh, Corolla because I didn't have AC and just powdered sugar was just like, blowing it was like it was smoke like car. billowing out of the windows yes. but it was sugar yes. we're like oh out of my god fucking cocaine problem central I'm like can you exactly. can you get contact diabetes like did he get it did he absorb it day. through his skin I mean uh, this he was the best. situation takes the cake for like stickiest brunch ever <laughs> Brunch is so is. fucking sticky anyway. It's very Good sticky. Call. But just like so many more Good syrups call. and sugars and dipping sauces. Blah. Yes. Wow. It's, it's 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 sticky and burny because we all talk about not screwing the lid onto a carafe or an air, air pot. Oh, yeah. And just oh, yeah. dumping, you know, the coffee that you actually need for the incoming dining room. But now you're wearing yes. it and have third degree burns. Um, yes. It's a very aggressive meal. And like. Yes. I think, too, it's like when you talk about people not having it's like they should experience like fine dining with a scary chef and kitchen staff mm -hmm. to feel mm -hmm. that side of the terror. And then the brunch is to get beat up by the customers. Yeah. Just so you can feel both sides of it to realize yes. that as a server, you're yes. being barked at everywhere you go. Um, yeah. when it's especially when you're in a really dysfunctional job um, yeah I'm sure it's like working at a Walmart on July 3rd or July 4th or being like gift wrap at Macy's on like Christmas Eve like there's just this extra pressure put on you yeah and for, and the servers are you know since you're the face or whatever it's like on always brunch places always have like the owner manager person and then they have that like lower tier manager that you're just like that's the person you go to when you have to start taking things off because you're like yeah that didn't come out or like that bacon wasn't crispy enough and it's like the key to the success is like befriend that lower level manager that day shift manager because you're gonna need so much shit taken off after a oh, brunch because people yes. just change people forget what they order because they're hung over they're like oh i wanted scrambled eggs and you can be like i you know you go oh sorry and you look at your pad and you're like they 100% said I wrote over down medium. what you said, and I have proof, but you can't yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, I'd love to, though, Yeah, right? brunch isn't really, like, I can remember it all type uh, situation. You definitely need a pad involved. Um, Too many bevs. But so, like, working at this, like, New Orleans-themed, like, low country-themed restaurant that you worked at forever, like, mm -hmm. of course, you know, once a year, you've got, like, a, a Mardi Gras that rolls around, oh, yeah. right? And oh, yeah. it raises the stakes a little bit, I would imagine. I've oh, never, yeah. I've never experienced one. Have Have either of you? Like going to like going, going to Mardi to... Gras? Yeah. No, no, no. I would like. I've to. been four times. Nice. Wow, Scotty. That's... Um, yeah, it was. Uh, the first time was intentional. I was in college. It was before the. It was before the summer I got my job at Bushwhackers and myself and two people that just lived in the same apartment complex that I did. We went and it was a woman named Kara. And I think the guy's name was Michael. I don't really remember, but he looked like young Billy Crystal, which is the, my only memory of him. <laughs> so we drive together in my car. Thank God we drive my car. And it's and we like get there. easier drive, right? Than like us going because yeah. you're in Florida. It's just right there, right? It's right across the 10. Yeah. It takes, I don't know, maybe an hour, two and a half hours. And then we parked pretty far away. We were young. So we're walking in. The cast of Real World New Orleans is in the back of a float waving at everybody and we're booing them. We're like, we don't care. You're not celebrities. And then Kara was we were all like that way that new college friends are sort of acquaintances. You're not like really you don't know a ton about each other. You know what you, you all like to drink or whatever. And you're, that's enough. You're probably not going to stick your neck out for anyone. Right. And so we get to Bourbon Street. And so the side streets in the corridor, there are tons of people in it, but bourbon really is where it's happening. It's day, and we get down to uh, Bourbon Cowboy, which is like just two blocks in, Mechanical Bowl, all that stuff. And the dude, Michael's like, I want to go get a cigar. And we were like, okay. And then Kara grabs the back, my belt, or like my belt loops, because I mean, it's one million people yeah. on Bourbon Street. It's crazy. 
and the crowd shifts and moves in this way that we just see Michael walking and getting carried away over to like a cigar store, and then we never saw him again because we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> Brooke, this so is, I, this is I what Ojai was like man. for you, right? Ojai was yes. like this during your hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was crazy, and the only pro tip I got before that one was somebody said, go to Payless and buy like a $10 pair of sneakers because you're going to be standing in like fluids and filth, and they were absolutely right. By the time they literally send fire trucks up bourbon at whatever, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and fire hose stuff off the sidewalk and street to clean it, and I looked down, and my jeans from my knees to my Payless shoes were black. Wow. They were black fluids from everything um, and then two other times after that, I didn't know it was Mardi Gras. I was just on a road trip and you'd get close to it and you realize it. So I ended up going and <laughs> I always liked Lundi Gras the day before. I always thought was more fun because it's almost as many people, same spirit, but not quite as wild and crazy. Well, it makes, I even said it, you know, cause we have a happy hour at Pint and Quark on Tuesday and then someone was like, oh yeah, it's Fat Tuesday. And I was like, and of course you don't know because like it's yeah. different every year, you know? Yeah. 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 No idea. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great. I, I thought it was really fun. Now I know a guy named Vaughn who has balconies on there. So like if I ever went back, I would actually get to stand on the balconies. Yes. Uh, I also was weirdly there in the era of Girls Gone Wild, which was a very depressing era because everybody didn't have smartphones. They had camcorders. Yikes. So as soon as any woman uh, would even like reach for the bottom of her shirt, you would like, see camcorders like handy cams go up in the air. And it was a bummer. Like and that is like after, so yeah. much less chill than I mean, a camera phone's terrible, but like that is like broadcasting that you're a creep. Yeah. Once all that came around it just wasn't as fun and then the most fun year i went was the year after katrina and the, it was way less people yeah. i bet it was 30 percent less people and you could feel it and everybody felt like we're back and that was the most fun one i so, bet i bet yeah. that one was spectacular because it was probably like yeah. mostly locals um yeah 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 um the girls gone wild stuff just gives me I'm sure that's like pam and tommy feels basically that's like same oh, yeah. era, right that people. era yeah <laughs> i know it was the worst it was the worst, but it was, yeah, I, it's worth seeing jazz fest is more fun to go to jazz fest instead. If Absolutely. you have the option, 100. but it was, there was buy one, get six free beers or buy one, get six <laughs> beers at the one place. <laughs> and the woman serving it had very large fake breasts and she was just wearing like a mesh shirt over them. And they put like a horse trough of ice and Bud Lights and Miller lights in it. And for like $5, you got six beers and so I was stuffing them in the back of my pockets. You're handing them out to strangers. So there is sort of like a wildness that's also sort of community and communal and fun. So it's, you, it's wild. you go, you go four times and you go, then you work at a restaurant that is yeah. like the same theme. And you're, and yeah. you're, are you kind of like, I've been there. I know. Or are you just kind of like, eh, it's not the same as camcorders and titties and beers and every pocket yeah. I have. <laughs> yeah. Well, New Orleans is like the best city because it's the city maybe beyond New York that just has the most definable culture the like, they have their own music they have their own food yep. they have their own architecture yep. they have their, everything about it the so... smell is like i mean even when it's not like the puke and the piss but just like <laughs> yes. when you're on a walk and like the swampy air is like it's intoxicating you know yeah so yeah two boots would do mardi gras and we would be so slammed it was insane and uh but yeah i mean everybody wants a hurricane or everybody you know that's fine i I'm a fan of all of it, but I probably would go to Mardi Gras like one more time. But uh, yeah, it's a free for all. But like having the perks of being an adult now and like being able to be up on that balcony is where it's at. You know, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, yeah. Um, My friend Beth, who lives on lived on Maui forever, brought us um, malasadas, which is what they make in Hawaii on mm. Fat Tuesday, which is por a Portuguese like fried bread. Like it's a donut, basically. Ooh. Oh, yeah. With cinnamon and sugar. Not like a punchki oh, yeah. would be, you know, like in Chicago. That's um, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or that whole area you know where people go nuts over that but yeah that was like the one traditional thing that like was hand delivered to me from somebody who like lived in hawaii and they're like this is what we eat on this day so that was pretty cool you know mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely 
Oh man. Um and at Two Boots, was it called Two Boots because it was like Italy and Louisiana, Louisiana basically cuz yeah. they're boot shaped and they had yeah. still have one of my favorite slices and there's a yeah. Two Boots pizzeria around here, but that place, oh my god, the big restaurant in yeah, Park Slope. It was wild. That It was cool. Yeah, that was crazy. That's I absolutely came in to terrorize you a few times when you were bartending. Sure. Jocelyn and I on our worst behavior. She actually it started working fun. there too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it was cool because they had uh, a pizza window where Pucci, the pizza maker, was incredibly skilled at making hundreds of pizzas in a night, would throw the kids dough. And so all the little kids would go up and kneel at this little window and then they would like get real pizza dough and they would all start making little pizzas. We didn't cook them or anything, but like the kids would just run directly to the window and Pucci would throw them like warm pizza dough to play with. <laughs> and it was like a really fun family place. But then we had true brooklyn alcoholics yes. at the bar yeah, yeah. so it's like children playing with dough 45 feet away from retired cops retired gangsters getting just rip shit um <laughs> and telling stories so it was a dream job it closed sadly because the rent got raised to nineteen thousand dollars a month holy shit in park slope and it just no it's hard to sell that many pizzas yeah. It is hard to sell that many pizzas. Truly. Do you know what it, what is it now? Do you guys do you know what replaced it? <laughs> it's it's a it's a yes I do I saw it recently. It's a um, uh, vitamin shop. Oh. It's not like the chain vitamin shop, but it's like uh, split in two, and it's half like homeopathy and vitamins. Wow. Wow. Cool. They must be charging a lot for those That's vitamins. hilarious. You're like, you're going to need to burn a lot of sage to get rid of like the unhealthy <laughs> juju in this place. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, this, this this lease comes with Poochie. He stays. Yeah, Poochie's yes. Poochie's still throwing dough to whoever walks in the door for your St. John's ward. Uh, that's so, so amazing. Yeah, there is like, there was a real time and era of Park Slope just being one of my favorite places on yeah. the face of the planet and it's Fantastic. so unrecognizable now when you go back it's very jarring yeah. well because you were you know to be fair that that probably was just getting close enough to what is the new barclays center and that whole renovation and yeah. it's like if you were even 10 blocks in from all that you know pe yep. people were coming in with a ton of money to tear down your long-standing business and put in a Correct. corporate piece of shit mm -hmm. man mm -hmm. oh man i remember uh you may have been on your watch. You may have okayed it. Or Jocelyn may have been working that night. But we absolutely stayed after hours and went down into the kitchen oh, sure. and oh, sure. just made ourselves plates of food by raiding oh, yeah. the walk-in. Oh, yeah. Um, never got, never drank harder in my life than those after. We would shut it. And the owner would do it. We would all sit there and drink, uh, God, I can't, a certain brand of vodka that he was obsessed with. And I would... <laughs> stumble up to the f train at like 5 a.m oh. and walk in as the sun was rising probably 30 times oh. and to the point where one time i was humming and singing along and went to change the music in my ipod uh and i didn't have my ipod and i wasn't wearing earpods i was just <laughs> so drunk i was like nope next not this one and then realized that i was just so drunk that i had like left everything at work and just having a moment alone <laughs> Totally As weird. adults are going to work, uh, oh, yeah. world's drunkest man is humming to Daft Punk, not in his ears. <laughs> I, I absolutely, I was leaving my shift um, at Trout. And like, if you remember oh, yeah. Pacifico, yeah. I uh -huh, was leaving. We probably passed each other on yes. that because I lived in Park Slope, but worked in your neighborhood probably. Yeah. And uh, holy shit. You, when you yep. like, I would walk down the street, hadn't gone to bed yet. And like people would be out with like the stroller brigade and you could see mm. moms like, like mm. pull their children closer, you know, like don't, <laughs> don't look yeah. at her, you know, it's a woman of the night. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Five years ago, that was that, <laughs> that was person, you. I'm sure <laughs> until, right. until daddy gifted you a brownstone. Um, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I love all this. I, I I I could talk about the service industry forever, and I think we might, Brooke. I think we might just keep talking. We're going on about three years of reliving Good. glory days. It's over three years. Sorry, over three years. But um, fuck yeah, you you can come back anytime you want. Yeah, I'd gladly come. Let me know you if have, you ever have a theme. My God, great so storyteller. Good. I love I love when people because like we'll have people come in who've done it for years and like they can't remember details, and you're like. 
were you just on pills the whole time? Like, how do you Sometimes, not remember? Yes, right. the, I mean, and yes, that's that is the sad mm-hmm. truth. But like, yes, we want to hear about LVs. We want to hear about the Poochies. Yeah. Like, like these are the yeah. people that make it the greatest. The I remember all their names. I remember like every cook that I really work with, and I can remember like uh whoever dropped a burger i'm like ian did i remember ian dropped a burger and tried to serve him they were like who was in charge of the salad station in 2004 i'm like twan and he always talked about his toyota supra like i it i they all stick with me because i i was like an aspiring writer i suppose and you were suddenly in cheers you were living cheers everybody was a character and every the regulars were characters the owners were characters and I, I think I would not have made it. I for sure wouldn't have made it as a writer, not only for survival, but stories wise, because the restaurant industry is just loaded to the gills with true characters and weird individuals. Oh my it's, God. it's incredible. Absolutely. Um, you know, one more story about Maui. We had a server who was like, she's nice. She's the nicest. Everybody's so fucking nice there. Cause they like, they're at work and it's like locals are <laughs> amazing. But then like people suck cause they're on vacation. But like, if you know, you know, like we, yeah. you know, like I, we ate at the South uh, Maui fish truck and like I ordered and the guy's like, do you live here? And I was like, I don't. He's like, you should. Cause you know what's up. And I was like, fuck yeah, Andrea, you too. But yeah. one of our servers was, had moved from um, Colorado and was in California and it was like during COVID and she was like, I can't do it. So she moved to Maui to like get away from COVID and just work there. And she's Smart. young. Genius. And, and she said that one day her and her boyfriend were having an argument um, after she got into Hawaii. And he's like, you know, it's not all like rainbows and sunshine all the time. And she opened the blinds and there was a fucking <laughs> rainbow <laughs> and the sun right there. And I was like, that's it. You're, this is like Love that. perfect. Like, so yeah. <laughs> and they're hiring everywhere. So if anybody's like, doesn't know what to do, just fucking pack up. And move to Hawaii, and you can all wait tables and bartend there. You, you know, you, yep. you might. It's a hot tip too, because you might be surprised. Um, rent is not cheap, and I'm about to. I'm like, we're giving real world advice right now. But mm-hmm. you, Hawaiian mm-hmm. Airlines, very affordable to get out mm-hmm. there. All you need is Good one airline. way, one way ticket, and then go get yourself a job. Oh yeah, and you can fucking camp on the beach, Love baby. That. Brian um, and I were already looking. I mean, the big sell was like it was a 200 round trip, but we looked again, and in a month we can go for 200 again, and we we're just like. <laughs> Just do Why it. not? Why yeah. not? Um, but yeah, Scotty, this has been a, this has been a great treat chatting with you today. Thanks for sharing the, all your oh my god, the joy's been us. mine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys check out Bananas on Exactly Right. Um, it's a Please. great show. We'll make sure our podcast is following you guys and keeping up with all your antics as well. Thank you. You got it. Um, well, everyone, you know what we say at the end of each show. Godspeed. Godspeed, Godspeed and good, good tips. tips. Wow. On it. Nice. He gets On it. it. He, he gets a catchphrase.